Hey there. Welcome to Bros Watch PLL2. I am Benjamin Light. And I am Marco Sparks. And today we are talking S3E22. Will the circle be unbroken? Certainly are. We're going to find out. This song is an old... Will the circle be unbroken is an old church hymn. Mm -hmm. Probably never heard of it before unless you go to church. Um, It's not your bag. It's not something that was at all on like popular culture radar. Until, out of nowhere, in 2013, it was featured in both this episode of Pretty Little Liars and in Bioshock Infinite, a video <laughs> game. Uh, Basically the same thing. It won Best Song in a Game, which is a real thing, apparently. Hmm. Hmm. That is who, a good good game, by the way. It's, who that presents is, that award? Is it like I, Nolan North? Yeah, probably, yeah. That is the coolest part of Bioshock Infinite, actually, is when, when the song is sung. Hmm. I won't spoil it if you haven't played it. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, this episode written by Joseph Doherty and directed by Ron Lagomarsino. Oh, it's our, our man. One of our, our men. Our guy. One of our, yeah. one of our fellas, yeah. Our yeah. bro. Yeah, we like him. We like... Uh, we like them all. Except like for maybe you, Chad, though. Sorry, Chad. Chad, you're not bad, but I mean... Nah, that's not on, fair. I like Chad's episodes. You're he, standing on the shoulder of giants. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we start off the episode, we're in the school quad during the day. Um, this is presumably just like later the same morning after the end of the previous episode. Well, they're still wearing the clothes from like the night before, right? Oh, I think, I think it was or maybe the next morning. Yeah, okay. I think that scene in Emily's bedroom was set like the morning before. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so school quad during the day, we have, we start off with a close up on a pair of lips reflected in a compact mirror. As somebody's putting lipstick on these wonderful lips, and the, then uh, the mirror person shifts the mirror over to take a look at uh, Hannah and Arya in the reflection, mm-hmm. like you know, behind this person. Of course, this is Mona. This is one of the many ways that Mona spies on people is through her mirror, like reading some lips. The delightful Mona Vanderall. Yeah, Mona mm-hmm. Vanderall, who I think we're assuming... I mean, on one hand, you could just say she's like watching them taking their temperature from afar. Mm-hmm. I think you could also make the guess. wouldn't be outlandish to think that she's reading their lips. Mm-hmm. But it's a great visual motif just to start off with an image of Mona's lips because <laughs> the things that could come from those lips could bring down empires. Mona, um, Mona is on point. Uh, yeah. That is a, a nice look for her. Like does, does Mona ever look buttoned bad, up except for like maybe once in the history of the show? Buttoned up, like white shirt, uh, cardigan sweater, hair kind of over to one side and back in a bun. Yeah, it's a good look for Mona. Yeah, but uh, yeah, she snaps that compact shut, and I just I love this glimpse into how she works, especially mm-hmm. like during the daylight hours. You know, yeah, her, her secret identity where she has to pretend to be mortal. <laughs> well, and, I mean, the liars are pretty terrible about checking their surroundings anyway. So. Yeah. So then we cut over to the liars themselves, Emily, Arya, and Hannah on the other side of the quad. This is, again, not long after their last meeting. Arya is still in that absolutely crazy skull blouse. Oh, I think Hannah will give her a run for her money. This this is a crazy episode for fashion, per usual. <laughs> um, H- Hannah's in, like, this just awful, like, what is that, like, peach? Peach or orange, like, yeah. Peach, like, peach, burnt peach orange skirt. Like loose flowing, long, like, you know, ankle length skirt. Uh, she has what looks like some sort of black strappy top on, but over that, she has some kind of like, kind of billowing, like lace thing, like black lace. 
thing mm. on top of her black top. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's Eesh. it's gross. It's yeah. seriously gross. Um, so they're upset slash worried about Spencer because she's not there at school, and they kind of were hoping that she would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the question is posed to Emily: Did she not get your SOS? And Emily's like, "Well, maybe not, but she would have gotten one of the other twelve texts that I mm-hmm. sent." And Hannah says, "Look, she's ditched school before. It's not a big deal." And Arya is just like, "Yeah, you're right, I guess." And then just makes like bored face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the yeah. face she makes. <laughs> like she just like. Mm. Whatever. I mean, yeah, Spencer she well drama. Like, I don't care. She might as well have just been like, blah, Maggie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Emily, in charge, now in Spencer's absence, declares that they shall go to Spencer's house after school. So the bell rings and the girls start walking towards class or something. Who knows? I guess they're bored. They're going to go to school. Um, and we get a great shot of Mona watching them over her shoulder. Mm-hmm. But the girls are stopped there in the quad by Principal Hackett. Have we seen this guy before? I can't remember. Um, yeah, he's the I think one we've seen him. when, uh, he has to step in with Ella over the question of whether or not Emily's been cheating on a test. Oh, is that him? Okay. Or whether or not yeah. Ella's been improperly grading a test. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then again, good old boy Ezra Fitz drops on by. Hello, chum. Let me clear mm-hmm. this up for you. Ezra's like, Hackett hates confrontation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Does so he? speaking of which, he's just like, girls, good. You're all together because Hackett's not alone. He has the wonderful Melissa Hastings with him. Excellent. And Melissa is very concerned because uh, uh, have you guys seen Spencer? She didn't come home last night. And Arya is just like, something wrong, like so casually. Yeah. <laughs> and Melissa, she's, you know, she's like, Spencer's not answering her phone. And, you know, I came here before going to the cops, you know, just to see if he knew where she was. Uh, Melissa's kind of freaking out. And the liars, they all kind of get nervous to mention the police. And Principal Hackett says he, he understands that Spencer's been distracted lately. Is there is there something on her mind? Has she shared any of her, her plans with you? And Emily's like, no, Mr. Hackett. Um, She hasn't said anything to us. And Melissa says, you're her friend. She must have said something. Yeah. And the liars just all stare at her and say nothing. Yeah. <laughs> they just fucking stare at him like, mm. yeah. And yeah. Hackett's like. Uh, yeah, you can use my office to call the cops, I guess. These crazy bitches aren't talking. <laughs> yeah, I feel like he whispered to her, let's get the fuck away from them mm-hmm. before they put a hex on us. <laughs> um, and then we see that Mona has turned around now from her perch, and she is watching them quite intently. And she has just this barest, tiniest smile on her face as she kind of turns back around. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so meanwhile, in Radley, <laughs> Spencer's hey, in the hey, room there. D- don't, don't spoil the lead. Meanwhile, in the nut house. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Spencer, she's sitting at a desk in like crazy people clothes, mm-hmm. w- playing some cards. She got like a deck of cards. She got a bandage on her chin. Somehow I'll bet that bandage is like smaller than the bandage that uh okay. Ezra's like wussy uh, son has on his face. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And orderly comes into the room, says he's Eddie, and Spencer says, I'm Jane Doe. At least that's what it says on my chart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And he's like, I've met some of your relatives. And I love this line. Spencer's like, I come from a long line of does. <laughs> Spencer is, oh my gosh, she is so good in this episode. Yeah, Spencer is amazing in this fucking episode. Uh, and I mean, Troy and like, she's doing all kinds of stuff. She's doing like wry comedy, like crazy crying, you know, emotion, like detachment. Like she's even like a, like intrigue. As she starts like playing people, yeah, she's she's teaching a fucking master class of acting here on this mm-hmm. episode of PLL, um, especially with her her partner, her vaudeville partner, her Eddie. 
Um, he's just there to check the, la- the bandages. And as he's doing so, Spencer asks what a 302 is, which is what she's been called. Um, and Eddie tells her that it's a law that lets them put you in, a, in for a psych evaluation rather than throwing you in jail. And she's just like, lucky me. <laughs> Ooh, lucky me. And he's like, well, you are lucky because, you know, normally you'd go to county, but they're full. So you got like, you know, shunted over here to Radley. And she's like, really? That, you know, that's a good thing. And he's like, yeah, compared to county, this place is Vegas. Yeah. And she's like, well, what's next? And he says, you're going to get a doctor to evaluate your mental state. And I love Spencer. Like, Spencer is like, she's really like, like just looking at Eddie in the eyes through this whole conversation, like very intimidating. Mm-hmm. She looks right at him. She's like, what's the matter with me? And she like stares him right in the eye. And, he's, mm-hmm. and she's like, just curious. And he says, you're supposed to have amnesia. Well, then she says, hmm, well, if I do, then I certainly don't remember it. <laughs> she turns back to her cards as he gets up his little tray. And he's trying to be a nice guy. He's, I'm sure he's intimidated as hell. I'm too. sure he wants to get the fuck out of there. Yeah, yeah. he says that he'll try to bring her a little extra tapioca next time. And Spencer smiles, like this like sweet, mischievous smile. And she says thanks. And he says that she's welcome. She starts stealing out a game of solitaire as he leaves. And then they push in on Spencer's face. And she just says ever so softly, Radley. Radley. And it's kind of interesting to remember that Spencer has never been to Radley before. And Uh, also, you know, I I wondered when watching this episode, the the way she says Radley, like, I suddenly thought, did she plan all this? Yeah, really. Did she she want to get sent to Radley? I don't know. I I don't... think so but it's it's interesting the way she put says that you know or is this like the happiest of accidents and see good mm-hmm. acting though really needs to do two things it needs to you know on one hand convey exactly the right emotion that you're supposed to interpret but at the other time it's supposed to have complexity and layers and let you you know see an actor or a character delivering you know three or four different things at once yeah because that's where spencer's mind is right now yeah um yeah. So after the credits, we're outside the school. The bell rings. The three liars are walking out of school, worried about Spencer. Um, and Arya asks if Spencer said anything about her plans. Because I, I don't know why. I mean, like, she obviously knows that this wasn't, you know, like, oh, no one did, knows. Did you notice Arya put a nice kind of black trench coat on to cover up her ugly shirt? Yeah, thank you, Arya. Uh, except for it's it's a nice long sleeve black trench coat uh, that looks good with her black leggings. Except for there's, like... A weird studs on like the wrists and like the lapels again. What you Her and Hannah must have gone to like the all like studs, mm-hmm. like vintage clothing shop or whatever. Um, but Emily reminds God, us Arya's all tiny too. Jeez. Yeah, that Spencer said to stop looking for Toby, and Arya's like, "So what are we supposed to do? Just sit in our rooms and do our homework?" <laughs> That's horrible. Of course not. Yeah, all right. Don't ever dare act like normal fucking teenagers. Mm-hmm. Uh. So, yeah, Emily says, no, we, we look for her in the places the police won't know to look. Because, God forbid, they tell the cops where Spencer might be. Yeah. <laughs> They're just like, mm, not saying anything. Like, Melissa's just like, holy shit, like, Spencer's missing. Who knows where she is? She could be dead, and you bitches still won't give up anything. Right. I like right. your style. Um, Emily is, like, fully in charge now. I mean, she's giving the pep talk and issuing out orders. Mm-hmm. So, to this well, she's Well, she's the tallest, so I think just by de facto. Yeah, you know. yeah. she could just lean on them, literally. Um, so, by, so, after she gives out this decree, Arya immediately volunteers that she'll check that bookstore that Spencer likes. And Hannah will check that crazy lab theater at Hollis. Yeah. And they'll, they'll all keep looking and talking and check in with Melissa in case she hears something. So, 
let me just let's put a wager here. How much do you want to bet Spencer's hiding out at that bookstore she likes? <laughs> I'm going to say no. So back in Spencer's room in Radley, she's uh, really getting going on that game of solitaire. And do, do you happen to notice the card she's moving? The Joker. No, no, no. Before that. <laughs> oh, what is the one before? No, no, no. <laughs> the card she picks up is the Queen of Hearts. Of course. She places it on top of the King of Clubs, which I meant to look up which one the King of Clubs is, but I didn't. Mm. Um, but yeah, she's playing some solitaire. Uh, it, I mean, that can't not be intentional. Like, they they play around so much with the Queen of Hearts on this show. Yeah. Uh, she gets to the end of the deck. The last card is the Joker. Mm-hmm. And she just stares at it. Pondering. Spencer's going to have to break her one rule. Um, so She's just the... like, ha, 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 ha. Ha 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 ha! And I thought my jokes were bad. Yeah. Um, in the Marin kitchen, Ashley's looking through the paper, looking for info on Wilden. She's looking to see if anyone found anything, like a body. <laughs> and it's like, like a body. She's like, or you know, like a car. Uh, and so Hannah points out there would be cops on their doorstep long before anything would be showing up in the newspaper. Hannah's eating carrot sticks during this conversation and Ashley's just like, where is he? What the hell does he want? The King of Clubs is supposed to be Alexander the Great, in case anyone's curious. Okay. Supposed to have great power. Mm. But someone who has great power but is not aware of this, and they're outwardly cheerful, but inwardly reserved. Wow. Natural affinity for the Queen of Diamonds, which is definitely Spencer. So it was... Yeah. I mean, is the king of clubs is he like poop in a bag and like <laughs> drop it out the window and <laughs> make weird eye contact with Ezra Why would somebody do something like that um so ted sorry i derailed you <laughs> so ashley can't answer it because she's just uh you know and hannah answers can't even it, uh, mm-hmm. yeah hannah answers it as ashley Marin's social secretary she tells ted that ashley can't answer the phone now because she has her hands in some bread dough well, Ashley gives like just like sneer at the at the mere thought of Ashley Marin having her hands in bread dough. She's like, ew. Yeah, yeah. Hannah asks if Ashley is still down for for coffee with Ted. Ashley shakes her head no, and then Hannah says into the phone, "Absolutely." Oh, and, and through all this, uh, Hannah is eating some like kind of like carrot sticks out of a Tupperware. That that will be important later. Um, so yeah, basically, Hannah's just like, yeah, sure, she'll go out with you, Ted. And there's nothing Ashley can really do at this point. Mm-hmm. So uh, she's like, she's after the phone. She's like, why did you do that? And Hannah says, because nothing is wrong and we have to act like we believe it. Mm-hmm. So Ashley reaches for one of the carrot sticks and she says, God, I want a pretzel. And Hannah's like, just put some salt on it. And then both the Marin girls just like munch on their carrot sticks and like kind of regard each other. And uh, Hannah's doing this weird thing where she's twitching her finger. That's holding the, uh, the carrot stick. It's, it's weird because they like they hold this for longer than they need to to end the scene. As they mm-hmm. both just kind of stare at each other eating carrots. I like What's it. up, Doc? Yeah. Um, yeah, so, the Marins are rabbits for sure. Meanwhile, at Ezra's place, Arya's on the couch texting Emily and Hannah. No Spencer oh, at the bookstore. Oh, 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 you're killing it. Am I well, killing? Yeah, you're killing it. You, you're, just, you're ruining the punchline. Is it? We just cut to Arya's phone. Okay. We see she's texting Emily and Hannah and it says, No Spencer at the bookstore. And we're like, oh, okay. Is Arya at the bookstore? No, she's on Spencer. She's on Ezra's couch right now, just like <laughs> lounging around on Ezra's couch, watching him as he like sits at his desk and does some shit. Well, it's like he's balancing his. It's like, did did you even go there, Arya? Yeah, yeah. Arya <laughs> knows where she is. Arya's I a. I don't think 
Emily or Hannah really took the bookstore angle seriously in the first place. I don't think they gave like, a shit if she went there Is the bookstore like out the window and Arya just kind of like glanced out and is like, nope, not the bookstore. Or is like Arya like going to buy some some fucking like book that she was already going to buy? Um, like, what kind of books would Arya buy? Hmm. I'd just be all like Keats. Um, so Ezra is, he's like cranking away on a little manual calculator there because of course he doesn't have a computer. Uh, and he's kind of like sighing, you know, Arya gets up and kind of walks over frowning and she's like, you need help. And he's like, I hate arithmetic. You can't charm your way through it. As and he uh, moves things around on his like old timey fucking abacus or whatever. And Arya rubs his back. She's like, I'm sure if anyone could, it'd be you. And uh-huh. I just wrote down, they're so awful. Uh, what a bunch of terrible people. Yeah. And Ezra's like coffee, coffee solves everything. So he gets up to get some. And Arya just like blinks for a while, like, hmm. <laughs> and then she's like, I thought this ghostwriting thing was going to like set you up for a while. And he says it was, and then things changed. That's well, suspicious. Every, it seems like every episode, I want some new Arya action to, to like enter the lexicon of the internet. Like, can Arya just blinks for a while, become the new Commissioner Gordon, has a beer and cheats on his wife? <laughs> what is Ezra paying for? That said, like, things change. Like, at, at first I was like, did he get fired or something? But, but then I was me, like, is the he... more interesting question. Is he implying that, like, he has more bills now? Like, is he, like, paying for Maggie to stay somewhere? Mm. Or, I, I don't know. Like, he feels Kids bad. Kids can't be that expensive. I mean, how how much is, like, a 48-pack case of, like, corn dogs? Probably not that much. You get it at Costco. Father. Mm-hmm. Kids like corn dogs. They... No, I'm sorry. That's not true. They love corn dogs. Uh, Am I, I wrong? I have no proof to the contrary. I'm going mm-hmm. with it. Sure. Yeah. Um, Ezra needs more than freelancing. He wants to go back to teaching because he liked it and he was good at it. And you know, he hey, was he probably he probably did go to school for that. Um. Yeah. Sure. An MFA in literature, and he'd become a teacher because. I mean, isn't that where he was bound to be, anyways? Don't most MFAs in literature? eventually become teachers in high school i don't know maybe i mean if they're not teachers what are they mechanics i mean <laughs> like baristas. Um, i mean like i'm sorry aria is not dating david foster wallace here no matter what she might think. how how dare you <laughs> someday oh no i was gonna make a really tacky joke but i won't um <laughs> even i have my limits so uh i'm sorry but, ezra's not working on the corrections there yeah. as a uh, old-timey typewriter <laughs> But if only he were. He's not uh, pending freedom. So uh, he's he's just not sure what to do. He knows things haven't been fun for Arya. And Arya says, uh, you know, he's the one who went from zero to daddy in six seconds. I don't know if that's like, is she praising him or is she sticking it to him? I think, I know, I think she's making an excuse for him. Okay. Um, but uh, he's like, he kind of comes over to her and he's like, God, I miss you. And Arya's like, why? I'm right here. And like, let me translate for you, Arya. He misses you if you know what i mean in a carnal sense yeah for unlawful carnal knowledge yeah with malcolm and maggie around uh building castles out of legos he's missing something mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. not just your company yeah uh, so ezra's like uh yeah i know but i still miss you and he kind of rubs her arms and Arya just stares vacantly and like at his chest like contemplating something because that's that's what Arya does in this episode is a lot of just like staring blankly like mm. <laughs> Arya just blinks for a while. Mm-hmm. Arya just blinks for a while. <laughs> in the Radley Common Room, Spencer is noodling away on the piano. And oh, you see, there's um, 
there's a lot of like seemingly this is like a a crazy house for young ladies. I don't. It well, I don't, seems like I, guess I mean she wouldn't be in like the the mixed ward. Do they have like do they have mixed ward crazy houses? You know what? Having seen like twelve monkeys, I don't care what's going on in the Radley men's ward. I mean, I guess they probably wouldn't want to mix them. I mean, I've seen Shutter Island. Like, they probably don't, don't want to be super like progressive about like you know mixing genders at the the, the sanitarium for crazy people. Yeah. Who knows what kind of weird shit would happen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's like a uh, some chicks that like playing checkers. Uh, there's a nurse going around with a bunch of like medicine. I, I guess is what she has. There's always somebody playing checkers or chess in the background of a PLL scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so we find out from a voiceover behind her that Spencer's a woman of many skills. Someone comes up behind her. Uh, or no, I'm sorry, that's later. Yeah, that's later. So Spencer's playing the piano. Somebody, it should be noted in a like a crimson coat comes up behind Spencer and says, Spencer? And Spencer turns around and we see that it's Therapy Anne who uh, has a visitor pass on. She's presumably the uh, like the psychiatrist that's been assigned to well, come check on Spencer's mental state. I, yeah, I wonder. I wonder if she is or if she just happened to be doing the rounds I, or whatever. I think she mentions later she is. But um, Spencer pauses when her name is uttered. It's like, almost like she's dreading having heard her own name and she mm-hmm. turns back very laconically to see dr sullivan who looks straight up like a fucking vampire yeah and spencer says ollie ollie oxen free yeah and and i remember there was a thing once where Troy and belisario said that the worse spencer looks the better you know she feels mm-hmm. like she looks Troy and belisario and you know spencer who's who knows when she's bathed last she's been a night in the woods she's obviously been like questionably sane for the past few weeks but like Dr. Sullivan presumably, you know, made herself up before mm-hmm. she came to work today. And she looks drained of life compared to Spencer. In case anyone is wondering, Ollie Ollie Oxenfree is what you'd say at the end of a game like hide and seek hmm. to indicate that players who are hiding can come out in the open without losing the game or that the position of the sides of the game have changed. Hmm. hmm. Interesting. That's probably an easier reference than having... Aria walk around Rosewood yelling, Marco, the whole time. Marco. <laughs> She's calling your name. And Spencer's just like, polo, bitch. Um, position of the sides in the game has changed. Hmm. Nothing's an accident on PLL. Hmm. Uh, so cut to the church in the middle of town. We see there's scaffolding up, construction's happening. Pastor Ted is like at like the little sign where you can put up letters like at the front of the church like put like an inspirational message or something he's changing the sign mm-hmm. ashley and hannah walk up i guess hannah got like uh shanghaited to going on this date it's a questionable yeah or she's there possibly as ashley's like life coach to keep her pepped up to act normal i guess yeah um a failure yeah, to act normal so bitch i was just changing the bullshit quote on the outside sign hannah invited herself she says but she'll pay for her own coffee and ted is goofy as usual he's just like the least i can do is buy you ladies a cup of coffee for hooking me up with like caleb's uncle daddy jamie doyle yeah that guy's awesome um, uh, he's doing a great job on the bell tower they're gonna get the bell back from the foundry tomorrow just a reminder pastor ted was on sequest dsv was he yeah who was he i don't know he was the no. guy who no one died important. and like dropped like a roman quote i want to say died like jonathan Brandis? no 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 yeah, I wish. I wish Jonathan Brandis was still alive to guest star on PLL. Oh, God. Who would he play? Like, Wilden? 
<laughs> Toby? I don't know. <laughs> not sure who that's unfair to. Jason? Um, ooh, yeah, oh. Jason V. Do you see John from he's, he's probably too old or would be too old, but yeah. Hmm. Um. So blah blah blah. Uh, Anyways, Pastor little... Ted is so excited about Jamie, but Hannah, of course, looks a little nervous when this conversation comes up. Hmm. Uh, and then out of nowhere, Wilden strolls up. Well, and... real quick, we should say that they're doing so good with the the renovations and the steeple and all that bullshit. The bell is coming back from the foundry this afternoon. Tomorrow. Oh, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he said this afternoon. He said tomorrow. Same thing in Rosewood mm-hmm. time. It really is. Um, yeah, so we hear, good afternoon, Padre. Yeah, afternoon, Padre. As Wilden strolls up, just fake smile on his face. And very it's like stiff. super awkward. Yeah, he's very stiff. It's super awkward where like, Ted's like, Detective Wilden. And Wilden's like, Ashley, Hannah. And then Ashley's like, Detective. <laughs> like, I could have done five more minutes of them just all like announcing <laughs> each other's name. Ted, yeah. Hannah. Ashley, you already said my Detective, name. Damn it, sorry. Uh, and Wilden's like, I'm sorry I missed the bell coming down. I've had a few days off fishing. And Ted says, catch anything? And Wilden's like, no. But that's how fishing works. Sometimes you just have to be patient. Now it's back to work. Like, he's so stiff and, like, unconversational and friendly about it. I feel like while he was gone, like, Wilden had all of the organs in his body replaced with, like, cyborg parts. Well, it's almost like he, like, thought up, like, oh, I'm going to say something, like, cryptic and badass about, like, fishing and, like, you know, you got to be patient. But like this, he this just clever as fuck. He overworkshopped it, and like it comes out super stilted. It's uh, like a like deleted scene of like Wilden brushing his teeth, like acting out his dialogue, like in the mm-hmm. Sometimes uh, you just have to be patient. Yeah. Now it's back to work. No, it's no, a nice. No. It's a nice metaphor because almost every conversation in this episode is going to consist of at least one or more characters fishing for something. Mm-hmm. And um, so Ted's like, "Well, maybe you'll have better luck, uh, you know, at work." And Wilden's like, "Maybe." And he just, like, walks off. Ted goes to get his wallet, and Hannah and Ashley both just kind of, like, stare at each other like, uh, Ashley shit. Ashley gets, like, the death stare to Hannah for a minute there. Yeah. Well, I guess they're thinking, like, well, he's not dead, I guess, unless this is <laughs> fucking evil twin. They're know? like, is this better? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then we see, we see camera moves over to the, the sign. You see what Ted was changing on the sign. And he's put up a quote. That says, commit a crime and the world is made of glass. Emerson. But then below the Emerson, it also says, Pastor Ted Wilson. Yeah. It's like, yeah. is he, is he like putting a, a quote line on his quoting of Emerson? Yeah. Yeah. Or is he, it, now it'd be the, like he, if I was just like, uh, uh, you know, I can't think of a quote, something Shakespeare and then like Shakespeare and then Benjamin Light, you know, <laughs> go start a Tumblr. Ted. Parting is such sweet sorrows. But I mean, quote? so we we knew before that he was like I don't know, like the assistant pastor or whatever. So like I wonder is he is the main same? dude? Well, is is like Sean's dad out? LOL. Did he did he kill Sean's dad? <laughs> and then push Sean's dad's car into like a lake. Fucking Pastor Ted. But I don't why trust does he this guy. That quote? Like, what are the people in the town are like? Jesus Christ! What the fuck does that mean? You don't even want to know what kind of weird shit this guy keeps in his basement. That's all I'm thinking about him. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like. Shouldn't these quotes be like shit about like lambs and shepherds and they should be and shit? Bible quotes, really. Like, right. Bread and the light and the I don't know something like Emerson commit mm-hmm. a crime and the world's made of glass. The fuck is happening here? Um, speaking of which, in the Bradley Common room, Doctor Sullivan is sitting at the table talking to Spencer. Uh, uh, yeah, she's, she's called the evaluated Jane Doe found wandering around a campground, and she's like, "Why didn't you tell them who you were?" 
And Spencer says, I lost my bag with my wallet and my phone, and I knew what would happen if I did tell them, so I didn't. It's been nice not being Spencer Hastings, even if only for a couple hours. Yeah, so Dr. Sullivan asks her, what happened in the woods that made you not want to be Spencer? And after some hesitation, Spencer says that Toby Cavanaugh is dead. I saw his body in the forest. Somebody killed him. Yeah. Anne looks very kind of shocked and surprised. There's like long running theories that somehow therapy Anne is like Toby's mom. Hmm. It makes no sense at all. But like, I don't know why. Like, it feels good. You know, it. To me, it makes much, much more sense that she's a. I mean, well, the way he showed up, episode... the way he showed up with her at the end of two B, yeah, it, it was just weird. Yeah, and then the whole thing about how like Mona was like threatening her son, like I, I guess I could see it. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Sullivan's like processing this, and she starts to say, "Well, if this is true," and Spencer's like, "It is true. I saw it," and she's like, "Well, why didn't you tell the park rangers?" And Spencer says, because that wouldn't bring him back. And Anne's like, if somebody killed Toby, and Spencer once again like jumps down her throat and is like, somebody did kill Toby, but I am the reason that he's dead, which I feel like you don't want to be shouting in a mental hospital yeah, yeah. where you may be under suspicion for something. Yeah. Just legally speaking, keep that to yourself, Spencer. But then again, I think Dr. Sullivan's in the know, and she is the woman who apparently will be evaluating Spencer, so... I mean, is this like a, a privileged conversation? I don't know how that even like if works. Spencer like admitted that she killed Toby to Doctor Sullivan. I don't know. I don't know how that would work. Well, also, Radley like Ren is like an intern there or something. They don't have no doctors on. He staff. like volunteers like, there. Yeah, like, who knows? Sullivan has to do hours there too. What is happening in this mental hospital? Mm. Um. So, Dr. Sullivan's going to call Spencer's family, and then she's going to call the cops. And she says, I'll be right back. Stay here. So, when she's gone, Spencer says to herself, where have I got to go? Yeah. It's very... she's, she's just in a pit of despair. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy, this next scene. <laughs> oh, this. Oh, sit down, folks. This is magical. Yeah. It's Byron's office. Arya swans on in. in that His, his office at home. Yeah. Yeah, it's at home. She comes in and wearing that ugly, like, teal shirt with the white skulls on it again. Which I've just noticed, too, with this, that she has, like, a little lightning bolt necklace. Yes. Yeah, the many different symbols that she wears. Yeah, yeah. So, Arya wants to talk to Byron about Ezra. And uh, Ezra doesn't know she's telling him this, and she probably really shouldn't. And Byron's, like, basically, like, hey, I know about the whole thing with the kid, the woman in Delaware, like, your mom told me. You shouldn't be angry at her for doing so. Oh, and Ari, it's so Ari's fucked like, up to bring this up. I'm not angry at her. Though he should be. Yeah. Byron looks at her for a moment like... <laughs> Chad Lowe's having a lot of fun in this scene. Well, just... he gives her this look for a moment where he's just like thinking like, Jesus, you're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> that won't be the last time he gives her that look in the scene. So he's like, well, how are you? And Arya, I do like this line from Arya. She's like, okay. Well, not okay. Just okay. Like, I feel like that from a teenager that that means so much you know there's multitudes in that sentence there's volumes there yeah yeah um but she says that's not the only reason she needs to talk to him she points out that ezra is taking on all these new responsibilities and he's just trying to do the right thing and he he needs needs a fucking job yeah (laughs) she's like he needs needs a fucking job job. dad and byron has this look like for fucking real (laughs) 
Well, are you asking what I think you're asking? There's not there's not enough icing on this cake though because he's just like a job and she's like teaching. Mm-hmm. It's what he knows how to do, and he'd probably still be a teacher at Hollis if things had worked out a little differently. And Byron's like, probably. Well, Byron's thinking to himself, I just got totally erect thinking of the power play I worked over on that little son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. Probably. Yeah. All right. It's like, so uh, is there something you can do about this? And Byron is just like this bitch right here. You know, he's he, like he fire. laughs a little. He's just like, <laughs> uh, what are you gonna do? He's got to admire the ballsy, insane audacity of his daughter. Shoots <laughs> pa, I think is what you call it. Yes. Uh, yes. And he's like, well, I don't know. And Ari's like, you don't know, or you don't know if you're willing to do it. Way to push that shit, and Ari. Byron's just like, you should just be like, both, either. <laughs> you should be like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, but then uh, Ari gets a text. It's from Emily, and it says, Spencer's okay, with three exclamation marks. And Ari's just like, her face is just like, sigh. You guys, I'm dealing with real shit right now. It's mm-hmm. real shit. Real shit. So back to Radley in what seems like a little like waiting area or like, you know, private area where Melissa is talking. I can't get over Melissa's hair or like army wife hair. Yeah, it's like short bob. Uh, yeah. Makes her look older than she is. Uh, it's she's not flattering. Yeah. I mean, it's not a bad look or anything. It, but, but I think the longer hair is yeah. so much better for her. Mm-hmm. Plus, I think you want. Melissa and Spencer to have roughly the same hair. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. it really ties it in better. But yeah, Melissa's there with a, a, a name badge that just says Hastings on it. Yeah, she's talking to Spencer, who's kind of like lazily lounging on this like leather couch in this waiting room, looking as though no fucks could possibly be given today. Yeah. Uh, and she, Melissa's just like, I talked to her parents. You know, they're trying to get a flight out, but everything is grounded from London to Spain. And Spencer's like, wow, Spain too. And Melissa's like, they'll get here as fast as they can. Meanwhile, I'm going to try to get you out. And Spencer's like, don't bother. And Melissa's like, don't bother. And she's like, yeah, you know, I'm under 72 hour, like, psyche valve. It's going to be over by the time they get here. Yeah. Melissa's so, like, Spencer, what happened? And Spencer's like, how far back do you want me to go? So and Melissa, Melissa just starts, starts crying. crying. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this hits her pretty hard. Uh, Spencer finds that rich. <laughs> yeah. She's just like, right. I'm on a psych ward and you're the one crying. And Melissa's like, I'm responsible for you. Well, it's, it's funny. Like as good as Troyan is at playing just like crazy mania and like big drama crying. I feel like she might actually be better at just the kind of like rye banter. Like she's so good at it. Spencer Hastings is a lot of things, but mm-hmm. underneath them all, it, that all those things are powered by a cold fire. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so like, Melissa's it, like, I'm responsible for you. And Spencer's like, it's okay, Melissa. And Melissa's like, no, it's not okay. None of this is okay. And Spencer's like, then it's not okay. It's all screwed up. Does that make you feel better? <laughs> it's just like, she's so mean. Yeah, it's beautiful. And uh, Sp- S- Melissa's like, stop it. And Spencer kind of like, she considers and she's like, sorry. And I love this line from Melissa. Melissa's like, all this time, I thought you were just being cruel. I never thought you might be unwell. <laughs> and Spencer's like, yeah, it's a big relief for both of us. So Spencer just stares off as Melissa like takes this in. And I think, you know, you pointed out a good, a good point out. Like Melissa's probably still a little upset that Spencer never commented on her new haircut. Yeah. Well, um, also, I mean, just that line, you know, I, I, know, I all thought you were just being cruel. 
I never thought you might be unwell. I f- and Spencer's like, it's a big relief. I think Spencer's so full of self-loathing, but that if, I don't think she believes it, but if she could pass this off as just some sort of mental illness, it'd be easier for her. She has yeah. to live with who she is. She knows she's sane. Yeah. Like, it might be a relief to say that, that some of these things aren't her fault. Mm-hmm. That she, it's, it's an illness. But I mean, this, this whole show is about, you know, agency and them. They're, they absolutely refuse to let anyone take that away. So as right. much as she'd like to blame it on her mental state, it's not going to happen. Spencer got to be Spencer, Spencer. Spencer actually is cruel sometimes. Yeah, she is. It's delightful. Mm-hmm. Um, at the brew, Emily is briefing her troops, Ari and Hannah. And Emily says, Melissa wanted me to know that Spencer was in Radley. Yeah, um, so I think it's because Melissa knew that, you know, in Spencer's absence, Emily's in charge. Yeah, and Emily's kind of filling them in. You know, Spencer's in Radley. Dr. Sullivan found her there. They found Spencer wandering in the woods. Uh, but they don't know why. I guess Emily didn't get filled in on the whole Toby thing. I also I transcribed more from that deleted scene where, where Melissa was informing Emily. And mm. she's like, also, I don't know Hannah very well, but that Arya scares the fuck out of me. And I'm Melissa. And Arya's like, yeah, you should be. <laughs> um, yeah, so the park ranger sent Spencer to Radley. Uh, Melissa said that Spencer was out in the woods all night. Hannah is blown away by this. I wonder if, if Spencer was in the woods looking for Toby. Hannah wants to go visit Spencer. She's she's the one who's super adamant about it the whole time. Mm. Emily says they can't. Family visits only. Mandatory 72-hour evaluation. Yeah. And Arya's like, well, I don't like the idea of Melissa being the only one who can you know, get access to her. And Emily's like, well, I'll try to talk to therapy Anne. And then Hannah gets a text, and it's a scream cap from the, uh, the video from the cop car where it's Ashley and Wilden in the woods arguing. Mm. And it has a little A drawn on it. A sent Hannah a Snapchat. Yeah, it's like, hey, just in case you weren't busy with the Spencer shit. It's like, ha ha ha. Well, Emily's face is just like, oh no, not this too. And Arya's yeah. face is like, why are you showing this to me? Yeah, Arya's like, I don't have time for this. Yeah. Um. So it, at Radley in Spencer's room, E. Lamb. Uh, see, there you go again, man. Mm. Like, how would you ever do a magic trick? You're like, here's the secret. Oh, shit. Yeah, you're right. Uh, so, uh, Radley, Eddie is, uh, giving Spencer some pills to take, and she's like, what are these? And he says, a shotgun antibiotics, uh, to knock out any infection. And she's kind of like, she wants some confirmation, like, there's no tranquilizers or anything like that in this. And he's like, uh, no, you know, it's, it's your psyche valve, so we, we don't want to do anything to, like, you know, impair you or put you under the influence. So she takes them, or at least she appears to. Mm-hmm. I, I like went through the whole scene looking to see if she like secretly palmed him later, but I didn't see it. <laughs> um, and so as she uh, hands back the water cup, she looks his badge, and his badge says E Lamb, and she's like E Lamb, Eddie Lamb, and he's just like yeah, you know, I must have, you know, makes a joke about having like a shepherd ancestor, mm-hmm. and he's like, well, it's just over, but uh, at least you know you're not Jane Doe, but like Spencer is still like her mind is blown by this like Eddie Lamb revelation. <laughs> Well, she she lays back in bed, and the look on her face is like it's like the first of what will be like an escalating series of like haunted expressions mm-hmm. because it's basically like once again the mystery plots of this show have tracked her down. Well, yeah, I feel like she she was on vacation until she noticed that. Yeah, she was yeah. like, I don't get to be Spencer for a while. Like, I have seventy two hours where like I don't have to deal with this bullshit. But nope, it came to you. It's like this is the uh, like. PLO version of the uh, opening of that second Elizabeth Salander book, you know? Yeah, exactly. 
Um, so in Hannah's kitchen, Hannah is like telling Ashley about Spencer being in Radley, that they found Spencer at some campsite. She's not allowed visitors because they're doing an evaluation. And so Ashley like gravely just like picks up her glass of wine. She says that she's <laughs> canceling that trip. That's to a healthy glass of uh, that is, like that a, is a, a serious in there. Like bulbous glass of wine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Hannah's- she's canceling New York, whatever, whatever New York is. And we'll, we'll find out here. Uh, but Hannah's like, no, you have to go. Because uh, apparently there's some sort of like job seminar training thing in New York, which could lead to Ashley getting promoted and then moving there, mm-hmm. which Hannah is fine with if it gets them out of Rosewood and away from Wilden. Yeah. And Ashley's like, it can't be that easy. Just leaving. And Hannah's like, well, I'm a big fan of easy. <laughs> LOL. And Ashley's like, you can't just run away. And Hannah's like, well, you still need to go to the seminar. Like you got to, you know, keep an option open at least, you know, who knows? You never know if we'll need it. So, uh, Ashley's like, fine, I don't want you staying alone in this house, though, while I'm gone. So uh, Hannah's going to go stay at Emily's. It's only for a few days, after all. These girls stay over at each other's houses all the time. I feel like I never did that in high school. I They, they like, announce they're going to do that long before they ask or there's any kind of like, oh, yeah. rental permission or anything like that. Um. So, meanwhile, on the streets of Rosewood at night, we're outside Dr. Sullivan's office. As Emily's car pulls up just as Dr. Sullivan's walking out of Actually, her office. Actually, you know, watching now, I think her car doesn't pull up. I think she was just waiting and probably watching in her rearview mirror because she just oh, gets you, out of the car. You might be right, yeah. Yeah, it's like she's waiting to see Therapy Ann walk out of her office, and then she gets out and walks over there. Yeah, so Emily goes after her, calls her name, and Dr. Sullivan is just like, Emily, how are you? Like she acts Our, like she's surprised. Well, she's to like see Emily. after our last session, and Emily just like cuts her off, and she's just like, "What can you tell me about Spencer?" You know. But I mean, like Emily's been leaving her voicemails or whatever. Like, why is she surprised to see Emily? Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So Doctor Sullivan says that you know Spencer's all right. Emily asks, "Can they see safe. her?" No, not while she's under observation. And I feel like Doctor Sullivan is going to tell Emily more than she probably can. Yeah, this is probably violating some hippie shit here, because Emily wants to know, like, what happened out there in the woods? Does Spencer say anything about it? And Therapy Ann says, Emily, Spencer said she saw a body in the woods. She thought it was Toby. And Emily's like, oh god. And Ann's like, the police and the rangers are looking, but they haven't found anything. And Emily's like, do you think she was lying? And Ann says, I think Spencer was in an agitated state when they found her. I'm not certain what she saw. Uh, we find out the cops are trying to contact Toby's family to see if he's all right. And Anne uh, asks uh, if t- Emily knows where Toby is, and Emily does not. I, I felt like Dr. Sullivan was kind of like studying Emily a little bit. Well, there, when she says, do you know where he is? Like, it, it feels like fishing. Yeah. Like, it, there's, a, it, there's a hint of, uh, like, why, like, why are you asking? You know, like, I don't know. I mean, she maybe could be, therapy Ann is just suspicious. Yeah, she could be Toby's mom just because she can't emote very well. And who knows mm. where she poops? Um, in Ella's classroom, which is empty, Byron is there sitting on a desk talking to Ella. And Ella says, I thought the toughest thing we'd have to deal with senior year was a prom dress. Dealing with Ari's prom dress, which uh, is that like a fashion joke? I feel like it is because Byron's Either like, way, yeah, we still have that coming. You know, that's a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um and I would like to give Ella enough credit here. Uh, you know, I would, I would like to, if I can't, that she would know that the toughest thing that I have to deal with when it comes to Aria is everything. Mm-hmm. So Byron and Ella are both like, meanwhile, Byron's like, what are we supposed to do about this Ezra and his situation? And Ella's like, ah, are we supposed to do anything? 
And Arya, or Byron's like, well, Arya wants us to. Oh. And Ella's like, hmm, push comes to shove, and she goes to her parents. And Byron's like, we're not useless. And he's like, I, I could talk to the dean. Ella's like, do you want to? And he's like, well, he is a good teacher. And Byron's like, also, I bet his penis is delicious. Yeah. And Ella's like, other aspects of his character are debatable, but yes, he is a good teacher, or so See, we've heard. Ella, like, back when the reveal last season, it seemed like her biggest issue wasn't so much that this guy was, like, you know, potentially romancing or betting her daughter. It was that he was her teacher, damn it. Yeah. Also, how good of a teacher can you be if you bail after, what, three months? If that. Of yeah. your first teaching job? They're like, oh, this guy's great. Well, yeah, I mean, a little flaky. He was at Hollis for, what, maybe two months? Two months, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Byron is like, he's like, well, he, like, here's another angle, you know, if we help him stabilize this new family, he might end things with her. And I like, I can't tell if Byron, that excites Byron or if he's like putting that as like a con, you know? Yeah. Uh, and Alice just like, could be, is it a big, re you know, is that a reason to help? Like, it's like Byron's like trying to have it both ways here. Or he's like, oh, I, I didn't help him because I wanted to help you or. Or I'm only helping him because I wanted to end your relationship. You know? Yeah, the plot sickens. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, poor Arya here. Her parents are actively plotting against Ezria OTP, Destiny Forever. Um, Arya's unholy union. It's funny to remember that Ella's biggest gripe last season still was with the more of the ethical no-no Ezra committed, you know. Um, mm -hmm. But is it possible that Byron is still in love with Ezra? It's possible. And, and remember that Ezra helps Ella out with that whole uh, Emily test thing earlier. Yeah, yeah. Which basically meant she gave him permission to keep banging her daughter. Mm -hmm. That's true. So uh, back to Radley. Spencer is having a little meeting with Therapy Anne here. It's like the next day. Mm -hmm. uh, Spencer's very d distressed. And she's like, no, 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 that's not right. Because Anne's telling her they didn't find a body in the woods. Mm -hmm. And Spencer's like, I know what I saw. He's dead. And Therapy Ann says, uh, like, why do you want to believe he's alive? Like, why don't you want to believe he's alive? And Spencer's like, because I know what I saw. And she's like, did you see a face on this body? And now Spencer's getting, like, really, like, distraught. Cause, and she's like, no, but I know it's Toby. You know, and she can't, like, it's almost like she realizes for the first time that she doesn't have a good explanation for this. And so she she's, starts to cry. Yeah, her mental fortress is collapsing. Mm -hmm. And Anne tells her, you know, I think you took a lot into the forest with you. And Spencer's crying. She's trying to pull it together. And she's like, I want to see my friends. You know, please, when can I see them? Mm. And Anne says, not until after the eval. After that, yeah, you'll be released or further treatment will be recommended. And all of a sudden, Spencer starts to look scared. I think she realizes, like, a predicament now. Yeah, that she didn't consider before, like, oh, this this may not be a seventy-two-hour vacation if I don't pull it together, and suddenly I look really crazy, don't I? Yeah, yeah. Um, so Doctor Sullivan asks if Spencer has a message for her to give to Emily to give to the girls, and Spencer, after a little bit of hesitation, says, "Just you know, tell them I miss them." Mm -hmm. um, Doctor Sullivan says that she'll be back tonight, and she leaves. She she struts out with a with a big old amount of swagger i mean that's a real manly stride right well, she has long legs yeah that's, uh, that's so not like a feminine walk at all though. she struts out and uh spencer's just kind of crying she thanks her uh but then spencer just stares over at eddie lamb there he's, he's in the common area talking to someone else and the wheels are turning in spencer's brain but seriously yeah. could dr sullivan just be ren and drag honestly honestly ren's tiny 
Or do you on stilts or something? <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's like sitting on like Lucas's shoulders. I don't know. Yeah. Um so at the brew, Emily strolls oh, boy. in. Yeah. She's wearing like silver leather pants. This next scene is so bizarre. It I mean, is... I don't even know why this scene's in the show. I uh, was I was telling someone today that the thing about Bros Watch PLO two is that really where the bro aspect comes in, oftentimes I feel is with the fashion. Certain that kind of very female arena like we can't always comment on we're just like amazed but i think the rest of the time we're giving a very normal like you know both genders uh, analyzation of things um this scene though i don't think it's like a gender thing but like this just flew over our heads right i just don't i mean i i can think of one reason why it's here that we'll get to in a minute so what happens emily walks in because shauna from the costume shop is there shauna asks emily to meet her here so that she can introduce her to Missy Franklin, Olympic uh, swimmer, Olympic medalist swimmer. And yeah, hey, and the, there, the, there's like super tall Missy Franklin doing a cameo. Has, who has so many goddamn teeth. Yeah, there's some chompers. Uh, and I mean, nothing against Missy Franklin. She's not an actress, you know. Uh, and so she's it's like you can it's hard to watch the scene and not notice it. And you're just kind of like cringing at like, Whoa, it's like, so well, she's trying hard. You let's, know? let's put this in the context though. So Emily walks in where Shauna and this blonde girl are sitting, you know, in the liar's nook. Shauna's in the couch. Facing dirty the door. Blonde. <laughs> Fist bump. Um, so Emily kind of like walks up to her and Shauna's just like, Oh, you made it like, like they're friends. And Emily of course is there because Shauna said she wanted to talk. So then like this blonde girl, dirty blonde girl who wants in the back of her head stands up and she smiles and Emily goes like starstruck and flabbergasted. I'm sitting here like, the fuck is this? You know, it's Missy Franklin. I, I, I mean, how would I have known that beforehand? I so, mean, who, who watches Olympic swimming? Honestly, I mean, I obviously Emily would be into this because um, she's a swimmer. So Shauna says that she like met her at the airport next uh, Colorado. Missy has like a layover in Philly, so she brought her to meet Emily here. Yeah, uh, Shauna's being way too nice. She's like, "Oh, I'll get you coffee," you know. Um, yeah. Be careful, Emily. Shauna's suspicious mm-hmm. uh, and a bad actress. And they have like some nonsense discussion about swimming and Rosewood. And Emily's like, "Oh, congratulations, by the way. Uh, I hope it's not too late." And Missy Franklin and just this just horrendous line reading. She's like, "No, it's never too late to say congratulations. Thank you." I, I, it's exactly I, how she says it. I took it as more that she's just a very sweet, incredibly yeah, yeah. It, it's supposed to be just be very. She's genuinely sweet, sweet and genuine, super fucking dorky. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so they're talking about the swim program. It's called the Sharks. Mm-hmm. Um, let's get back, back to more here. more interesting things. Get back to the nuts. why does that scene exist? Uh, um, so uh, Radley Eddie Lamb's changing a bandage on Spencer's hand, uh, and she asks if he's ever lost one of his badges. And he's like, no, uh, not if you want to keep your job. Mm-hmm. And Spencer's like, they've got a chip in them, right? That's how they work with the doors. And he's like, you're asking the kind of questions that Don's supposed to report. But he's kind of smiling like he's he's digging it. And Spencer, she's, she's Spencer got- kind of smiles back, like, you know, kind of conspiratorially. And she's like, I'm just curious. The game has begun. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Spencer, Spencer's all over the place. I mean, she's like, she's scared. She's frightened. Now she's playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Eddie's just like, 72 hours, it's not that long. You can do that sanding on your head. You only yeah. serve two days here, the day you go in, the day you go out. Um, and Spencer's like, well, what if I really am crazy? And he's like, you're not crazy. 
And then Spencer gets like the most awesome, gl- crazy glare. Like she just like stares at him right in the face, like till he like kind of like shrinks away. Mm. And he's like, "Uh, there was a problem. There was some trouble with the badges. They had to change the system." And she's like, "What kind of trouble?" And he says, "What kind do you think?" And she says, "Were people getting out? People getting in?" And like he, it's obviously like he can't take anymore of like Spencer's he, glare. He, he just lets it hang there, like not confirming nor denying. Because mm-hmm. I think he he knows that this is a dangerous dance he's doing here. So he. But Spencer's so goddamn charming and just intriguing. Mm-hmm. And let's face it, this guy deals with crazy people. Well, this, I, I, this guy is used to the kind of crazy that's you know like pants on head, yeah, like wearing a bicycle hair. helmet. Yeah. Um, He's not used to Spencer's brand of crazy. Yeah. Almost an adrenalized hyper-reality one. I mean, you could say that this is a more intellectual scene that's exactly the same as the one she had of Andrew, like the strip Mm -hmm. academic decathlon quizzing. Um, But yeah, so he gets up and he's trying to change the subject, asking if she wants tapioca or vanilla next time. And she kind of smiles and says, surprise me. Mm -hmm. And he kind of smiles back and leaves. Um, Then we're in Hannah's bedroom. Hannah's packing a suitcase for her long trip to Emily's house. Uh, Arya's there. Arya can't stop thinking about Spencer in that place. And Hannah's like, eh, we'll get her out. So, yeah, Hannah, while while they're talking, is packing a ton of fucking clothes for Emily's <laughs> house. Um, so, okay, Ar- Arya's well, fashion. Oh, you want to talk about the fashion? I'll start with Arya, then we'll go into Hannah. Um, right. Arya's fashion, pseudo 80s, especially with those, like, crazy spice i feel like you have to start with the hair which is just long and straight very simple yeah um collared lacy like see-through shirt like white see-through shirt it's it's like a white blouse with a black sparkly collar for some reason she has a gold brooch on it yeah a gold brooch or brooch on the collar it's like we're in a black bra it's a very sheer white top it's like the brooch is like a scarab of eagle wings um I don't. I don't. And like a here. looks like maybe like a sparkly skirt. Yeah. Uh, um. Meanwhile, Hannah's outfit. Jesus. I don't even know what that is. It's like a. It's like a modern update of something a lady would wear, like in an old like Agatha Christie period mystery. It's like a weird fora pattern with black it's a yeah. dress of huge sleeves, like fat sleeves. Most mm. of the dress is dark blue, but the shoulders and sleeves have this loud, bright floral thing happening that goes on down the sides. And she has like a blue and white pearl necklace on. I mean, Arya's outfit is cute, if somewhat prim and properish. Hannah's is not like flattering. I don't think. No, not at all. Yeah. And so then Arya's, you know, the Spencer thing says, should I have seen this coming? And Hannah's like, okay, I have to split myself between disasters. It's after three. So I'm thinking about my mom. Yeah. And Arya's like, if Wilden comes, you know, if Wilden wants to come after your mom, he will. It's not like New York is in some other country. And Hannah's like, New York is on another planet. I just want my mom to have that option. Yeah. And uh, I get we find out like apparently Emily knows maybe from her mother I don't even know Emily somehow has told them that Wilden reported their car his car is stolen yes and so Arya's like don't you think they'll find it I mean don't all cop cars have GPS Hannah says it doesn't work underwater and Arya's like it doesn't and Hannah says nothing works underwater it's a scientific fact well Arya's face is just like oh shit is that true mm-hmm. Hannah's face is like. Jesus, Arya's an imbecile. <laughs> like, she really thinks, like, God damn, I have to school Arya now? I don't have time for this. Mm-hmm. Um, so Arya thinks about it, and she's worried, and asks, you know, Hannah, if, she, if she'll actually, like, thinks she'll go to New York. And 
Hannah says that she will like make the sacrifice to keep her mom safe from Wilden. And Arya's just like, yeah, I hear it's awful primitive out there. And Hannah mm-hmm. like gives her this look. Yeah. So back to the brew where we see that Emily's using her phone to take a picture of Missy Franklin and uh, Shauna together. And then Shauna takes the phone. She's going to take a picture of Emily and Missy Franklin. Um, so Missy Franklin, she has to go. She wants Emily to send her a video of her next swim meet. And Emily says that she will and that she'll take Missy Franklin's advice about the crossover turn. Mm-hmm. And Missy Franklin, you know, just won a gold medal. He's like, hey, it works for me. Yeah. Um, I don't have an an opinion on Missy Franklin either way, but I, I have two points here. Okay. And I think yours points the same as mine. One of them. Okay. If you were to get any Olympian from the uh, summer Olympics of oh, 2012 yeah. on this show, how the fuck was it? Not Michaela Maroney. Seriously. Preach it. <laughs> she and Aria would be like instant BFS uh, or, or blood enemies. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine like Mona and uh, Michaela Maroney just both like doing the smirk? Yeah, people would hurt their faces. Their faces would, like, I don't know, pull a muscle trying to match yeah. Michaela Maroney's If, power. if ever there's an Olympian who belonged on this show, it's definitely Michaela Maroney. Mm-hmm. Um, but for some reason, Missy Franklin. My other thought is uh, Shauna is like, oh, you know, you got you to gotta email me those pictures you took. You know, you have my email address. My other thought here is that this is all some weird elaborate ploy for Shauna to get Emily's email address. Well, so... I said I don't I don't have much of an opinion on Missy Franklin being here just in the text, mm-hmm. but I would be absolutely happy to see her continue on with this show, replacing Paige. Oh, maybe even replacing Shauna too. While we're at it, Shauna. The thing about Shauna is she's just a bad actor. Like it's a real charisma suck. Yeah, you just. I mean, you, I don't know. You if can it's, you can see her trying, which that that's a problem. You well, know? I don't know if it's is it just is it really something lacking on the page, like the script page? Could be. I mean, it the writing just seems generic. I guess. Um, for I her. mean, I, I guess she's just getting like really shitty direction all the time. Like, like she's she's basically, I think, being told before every scene except for this one. Shauna has a huge stick up her ass. Yeah. Yeah, and so no, like an, a ginormous stick up her ass. <laughs> it's so big. So uh yeah, so she hands the phone back to Emily and she's like, You gotta email me those and she walks off and Emily now just looks kind of suspicious, like, what the fuck just happened well, exactly? Emily's What's just going like, on with this chick? I didn't know you swim and Shannon's like, Paige never told you and Emily's like, No, and Shannon's like, Well, I wonder why she never mentioned it. Now uh, what what is this? Is this like Shauna like trying to like sow this ease of like slow destruction to Emily's relationship? Because I guess, would, but it's so transparent, though. But why would you plot to get with Paige? I mean, my only thought was... Well, no, Shana maybe she's trying, plotting to get with Emily. I was thinking, is she trying to do the maneuver where she edges Paige out and gets that's, with Emily? That's what it feels like to me. Why get your ex back when you can instead, like, power fuck your ex's, like, new significant other? Uh-huh. I, I guess I could feel that. Yeah, I mean... But yeah, Emily watches Shauna go. And, like, yeah, it's on one hand, it's just like, what happened here? But I feel like she's just like... Yeah, I still don't trust her. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's let's move this along. Yeah. Nighttime at Radley. Uh, Eddie's talking to Spencer in her room again, and he wants to know what makes Spencer think this kid stole his ID. Because uh, uh, and Spencer's like, because I saw it. You know, it's, it's your ID with Toby's picture. Yeah, she's now apparently filled him in on on the yeah. story, the scoop. And he's like, well, what would he need it for? And she's like, to see someone in here, someone he couldn't just visit because uh, he was doing things for her out in the world. And he's like, she? And Spencer just drops Mona Vanderwall. 
do and he's remember like, oh, her. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember her? And he's just like, yeah, she's hard to forget. Uh, so Spencer's like, uh, so uh, the boy's real name was Toby. And then he starts to look nervous. He kind of gets up now and he's just like, oh, I see you're saving your pudding there. And yeah, he's like, oh, delayed gratification shows discipline and patience. And suddenly Spencer like jumps up in his face and she's like, I'm not so patient. Yeah. And then he's like, it, it wasn't just the badges. They had a problem with the visitor's badges too. Uh, they trace it back to someone on the staff. And Spencer's like, who? And he's like, sorry, I like my job. Been here since I got out of the Navy. One of the ways to keep your jobs is keep your mouth shut. And Spencer, oh. I love, I love this, this. Like Spencer's like recruiting an asset now. She's like Eddie. It seems like we're a little past that point. Yeah, yeah. She's Claire Danes in, uh, mm-hmm. in that show in Showtime. Um, yeah, but like she's not as harsh of him though. Like she's still like she's she's not she's pleading. She's a little mm-hmm. bit forceful, but she's also very inviting. I mean, she looks you know crazy and gorgeously unkempt, but it's like she's alive again. Like she's energized. Yeah, she spends her, her again. Her mania has reinvigorated by like been reinvigorated by like, a possible new lead. Like she's on the verge of something here. Um so uh so she thought they were past that point and Eddie's like maybe, maybe not. And he turns to go, but then he mentions he's like she was here, Mona Vanderwall. This was her room. And he takes off and Spencer kind of slowly turns to glance around the room. And she sees on the desk there are some like words scrawled and like carved into the desk, mm-hmm. and but there's a like a lamp over them, so she kind of pushes the table lamp out of the way to read what it says. And it says, "Will the circle be unbroken?" For a moment on the soundtrack, you get one of those like ominous horn stamps, like on like on Lost, whenever they would reveal like yeah. someone was part of the mystery or like like secure, secretly a smoke monster. Um, Spencer starts to hear a voice singing from far off and we go into a flashback flashback uh, and we see we're in church we see mona good old dorky nerdy mona mm-hmm. with the glasses on and the, the pigtails and the barrettes she's singing her little heart out to will the circle be unbroken she is yeah singing her heart out uh, she's really into it um we see it across the aisle at another pew is spencer and allison um as usual with the show, I would advise you or implore you, if given the time, to just pause and really look at the extras and their actions <laughs> in these scenes because some of the people are not singing along and they look miserable. Like they look like they're about to kill themselves in this church. Yeah. Spencer is kind of singing along with the song, but Allison is just snickering and laughing over she's at Nerdy Mona. Like looking over at Nerdy Mona and she's like, <laughs> and then she like kind of like grad spencer's on she's like oh look at nerdy mona you know and mona's like like kind of waving her arms back and forth as she sings she's eyes closed such yeah. a dork yeah eyes closed uh, but then like she kind of like like notices like she feels the attention and she it's interesting she looks over but doesn't really make eye contact but she kind of like she definitely knows she does the thing where she kind of like looks behind her looks back but she's definitely like she's sensed negative attention and she kind of reigns in her her passion there and uh omg these cruel bitches literally stole the music out of her heart yeah and Allie just has a bitchy smile on her face and spencer so, spencer obviously like isn't like feels kind of uncomfortable about this and she's kind of glaring and just like keeps singing in an alternate reality could mona have become taylor swift or lucy hale lol <laughs> um so yeah outside the church after the service spencer and allison are walking out and Allison is just like, so what do you suppose that loser Mona was even doing in there? Like praying for bigger boobs. That's harsh. 
It's way harsh, Ty. And Spencer's like, why do you even bother going to church? Echoing us all, yeah. (laughs) Allie likes to cover her bases. Um, uh, this is smart. You got to give her that. So she yeah. starts pulling her diary out, thumbing through it, and uh, Spencer looks back at the church for a minute. She makes eye contact with hot, nerdy loser Mona, who looks down in shame and basically well, runs off. <laughs> there's like a weird thing where they make eye contact, and for a moment, Spencer just looks like sad, you know. And Mona kind of drops her head and like this shy posture, and like walks off, like kind of hurt feelings. Yeah. Uh, so Spencer looks back at Allison, who's smirking with glee as she reads her own writing, and Spencer is like. What is that? You were writing it in it all during the service. And I would like to think that Allison's diary is filled to the brim of like sinister revelations and diabolical plans. But mm. what if this is just her fucking feelings journal? Like what if this is like her moleskin filled with like lyrics, like yeah. yellow card songs? Yeah. Allie says, this is my diary. I've been keeping it since forever. And Spencer's like, I want to see it. It's mostly personal writings. Yeah. And Allie says, oh, you'll have to wait till after. And Spencer's like, after what? And after Allie says, after I'm dead. Spencer's like, don't be so gruesome. And Allie's like, I'm not. I'm being mysterious. Laura fucking Palmer here. Mm-hmm. Um, so Spencer's just like, forget it. I don't want to read your stupid diary anyway. And Allison's like, yes, you do. And I'm she's writing, like, I'm writing them for them. you. And Spencer's like, them? They're beyond scandalous. You're gonna need to carry you're gonna need them to carry on after I'm gone. And Spencer's like, carry on with what? And instead Allison kind of ignores her and she's like smells the air and she's like, Ooh, fresh muffins at the bakery and like runs off to get them. Mm. oh allison you're so mysterious yeah. your weird scandalous tales in your diary that some sort of thing that spencer needs to carry on heavens yeah Wait, if there was someone else you'd be like what kind of bullshit is this bitch spinning but with allison i think you believe it yeah yeah you really watch her she, she knows how to sell uh, mm. a setup to a mystery so and a flashback spencer's in a room at rally just remembering all this shit like getting this info dump um mm-hmm. she looks around her room like, she's really, like, recontemplating the physical space that she's in now. Will and the it's like you can just be unbroken? Well, it's like you can just imagine, like, the psychic trauma and the wounded brilliance that's, like, soaked into the walls from, like, Mona's stay here. Yeah, fun continuity here. There's, like, a lamp in front of her, but then there's, like, her big shadow on the wall, which is obviously from, like, the, the Klieg lights that are lighting the set. Uh, if these walls could talk they would tell you that mona has a gift for like long crazy monologues and that she has some pretty crazy lesbian fantasies in her mm-hmm. um so meanwhile, Hannah. maybe yeah. spencer maybe allison yeah so in ezra's apartment uh ezra's coming over like the little living room area he's got two cups of coffee because byron is there staring out the window this scene is just weird and there's like byron he's like oh have you know Ezra's like have a seat and byron has to like pick up this like little train toy of uh, Malcolm's and he kind of looks at it and then like he looks at Ezra and Ezra's like uh yeah. and they just it's super awkward and weird as they kind of just like regard each other and Byron Byron kind of has this like this like hidden shit eating grin through this whole scene it's very it's a, mag- it's a Byron, magnanimous shit eating yeah he grin. goes from like his like fatherhood nostalgia boner to this shit eating magnanimous mm-hmm. grin Ezra wants it on record that he didn't send Ari to ask for any favors, nor did he swear her to secrecy, and Byron's like, we know. Well, he's like, I never asked her for help, and I don't want Byron and Ella to, you know, think that I would do that. And Byron's like, we know. Our daughter's a monster. (laughs) (laughs) Ezra's like, "Uh, sorry, she put you in that position. And Byron's like, oh, don't be angry at Arya. She wanted to help. And Ezra's like, oh, no, I'm not angry with her. I couldn't be. They're just things about the situation that haven't been able to explain to her. But Byron has like a grimace on his face. Well, Byron's like, well, pride is a tricky thing. 
Well, so like it's it's like he's just realized how sad his daughter's relationship with his former well, colleague is, or he's like he's thinking like, man, Ezra makes a really help me out here. Was when I I went to look at my notes from uh, season two when mm-hmm. they had their confrontations, and I realized how many much more notes I take now than I did then. Yeah, which is probably our podcast or twice as long. <laughs> um, but wasn't there a thing with pride between Byron and Ezra in one of their older confrontations from season two? I think that was the name of the ruler that they used. I I feel like like Byron's kind of throwing a, a pride thing back in Ezra's face here. Could be wrong. Have maybe, to maybe. The but yeah, he he sips that cup of coffee where he like never breaks eye contact yeah, with Ezra. Gross there. Um. So Ezra just kind of swallows that in, and then so. Finally, he asked Byron, like, why did you even come here? And the lighting here is very interesting because it's all like natural lighting coming in from the windows. If you turn the sound off and just went off the visuals, I could imagine that you would interpret this as a scene where like a young man tells his father that he has cancer mm-hmm. or that he's gay. I mean, like turn the sound off and like turn up Streets of Philadelphia by the boss. I mean, I don't know. Um, but so <laughs> Byron is like... Uh, where is it? He's like, uh, so I talked to the dean to see if there's room for you in the department. Dot, dot, dot. And there isn't. <laughs> and but he, he says, but I still want to help if I can. And Ezra's like, because? And Byron's like, could just be a habit. And then he gets all sensitive because mm-hmm. you know how Byron likes to make it about himself. Of course. Just well, like Arya. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's definitely your parents' daughter. He says, uh, I've reached a point in my life where I spend a great deal of time trying to make some kind of amends to someone for something. LOL. That's bleak. And Ezra's like, there's no shortage of bad judgment in this world. I feel like Byron He's is like, thinking what himself, the like, fuck is that supposed to mean? I feel like Byron's just like, fuck you. We're the same, Ezra, but we're not. But we are, but we're not. Yeah. Um, so Byron stares out the window for a minute, and then he says, tell me about your son. And I really feel like, uh, you know, in the extended like scenes fanfic here, like Byron and Ezra are now going to go start a podcast about being shitty fathers. I mean, if it weren't for the fact that Ezra was banging Byron's daughter, they would totally be friends. Can I can I pitch that podcast to anybody? Bad, sad dads. Come on. It's awesome. Um, <laughs> Maybe just bad dads. Bad dads. But they're yeah. also sad dads. They're bad. Yeah, sad but, dads. you know, drop, <laughs> Maybe drop, it's just called... drop the sad. It's cleaner. <laughs> Maybe it's just called motherfuckers um so rally common room spencer's in her dingy bathrobe and slippers that only get issued to mental patients as she mm-hmm. noodles away on the piano i think she's, oh, she's, playing... she's sounding out will the circle be unbroken on the yeah, piano yeah because she's a musical genius um yeah. eddie lamb is there admiring her yeah he comments on her talents sorry and i flubbed this earlier folks this is where he's where it said yeah she's a woman yeah. of many talents yeah um, uh she says i don't play much anymore melissa and i used to play four-handed pieces but that was a long time ago Hmm. Which is just kind of sad, as obviously her and Melissa are like, you know, Soviet Russia and like the NATO, basically, at this point. <laughs> they it's don't not get along. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and Eddie kind of like, he looks around, you know, like kind of checking, like, as though like someone might be listening. He's like, there's a Toby. Uh, or, no, no, I'm sorry. First, he says, you know, Toby's not a name you hear every day. And then she's like, Oh, go on. She's no, like, it's no, not. it's not. And he's like, I've only known one Toby in my life. Nice kid. I met him when his mother was a patient here. Hmm. So Spencer went fishing a little while ago. She tossed her bait in the water, and it bit a little bit, and now it's biting even harder. Yeah, and Spencer says, my Toby's name was Kavanaugh. What about yours? And he's like, it'd be a hell of a coincidence if it was the same Toby, right? And Spencer's like, yes, it would. 
And Eddie's like, do you believe in coincidences? This is my favorite line of all time here. Not as much as I used to. He just kind of exhales. <laughs> and he's like, it's like he's thinking to himself, Jesus, who would have thought that working in a mental hospital would be so fucking crazy? Um, but yeah, why is he telling us anyways? Because their relationship is making progress, people. So he looks over and sees a man and a woman, like fancier clothes, like the man's in a like suit. A dude in a suit. They've got badges on. And, and this guy kind of looks over at Eddie a little. You know, mm. it's not totally clear if they made eye contact. Right. And so Eddie kind of, he like, kind of gets a little nervous. He gets up and he's like, uh, keep practicing. And he bounces. Yeah. So meanwhile, in the girls' bathroom at Rosewood High, which I guess is the girls' like office when there's not an empty classroom available, mm-hmm. Hannah, Emily, and Arlie are, are meeting up to discuss their plan I- of action. I don't want to have a full conversation on the outfits here, but Arya is wearing some sort of a leopard print jacket. She is wearing the kind of overcoat that Jackie O would have worn, except it's leopard print. Mm-hmm. Um, and As you do. Yeah. Hannah looks like an 80s punk rock grandma. Um, yeah, so so they're discussing their plan of action. Hannah's suggestion is that they'll just go to Radley and say that they're Spencer's cousins. <laughs> and Arya's like, no one is going to believe that. Yeah, and Emily's like, uh, you know, I want to know why Spencer's so sure that Toby's dead. And Hannah says, uh, well, they have to let her out at seventy-two hours. And Arya corrects her and says, no, they don't have to let her out if you know at all. If dot dot dot. And Emily's like, what are you saying? Yeah. And Arya's like, I'm saying A's been turning our screws so long, one of us was bound to snap a string. Just never thought it'd be Spencer. And they consider this for a beat. And then Hannah says, I did. And they're like, what the fuck? Yeah. And she says, because there's a downside to being too smart. She says that totally seriously. Somewhat true in some ways. People like Spencer. Mm-hmm. Oh, let me just throw this out here. Totally off topic. Mm-hmm. Spencer Hastings. Would it be fair to say she is the female version of Jack Shepard? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just a, a mania and a, and a desire for success that trumps all bounds of decency and reason well i mean if we were to spoil the last episode of season three it's spencer yelling to aria aria we have to go back yeah um yeah so emily is taking something here very personally and then aria immediately adds in you were never the weak link emily spencer was fuck you aria well i feel like, like spencer just needs to like pop in and be like hey fuck you yeah well i feel like also aria she's like I know when somebody's making a situation about themselves, Emily, I do mm-hmm. it all the time. Mm-hmm. So just then, like, honestly, Hannah, honestly, Emily, it's about me. <laughs> just then Mona comes in. She gives the liars a look. They Mo- give her a look. Mona is once again in like a, like a kind of sea blue top with like lace collar and a bl- darker blue cardigan. Uh, she has, very kind of old school, fashionable, like nice, like swooped hair. Pleasantville. She lives uh, in Pleasantville. Yeah. yeah, she lives in Pleasantville. A skirt. Mona's got a great look 100% so she, of the time. She goes up to the mirror. She's getting her makeup out of her bag. Rather. She's touching up her lips. Yeah, the girls are leaving, but <laughs> Mona's not going to let them get away. She no. has to throw out the like, so where's the fourth musketeer? I haven't seen her around today. Arya takes offense. Arya, all people, Arya takes offense. Arya gets up in her face. Yeah, she gets up in her face. Like says, you mean Spencer? I think you know exactly where she is. She's in Radley, and you're the reason why. And Modus just has this look like, LOL, Radley? Well, she gives Arya this look. It's like that, but it's also just like, who the fuck do you think you're stepping to? 
Um, so the other two liars, they jump up to get Arya's back. And Hannah's like, don't play dumb, Mona. And Emily says, we could have gone through senior year and been finished, but you wouldn't leave it alone. Yeah. And uh, Mona's like, listen to me. And Arya says, no, you listen. If Spencer doesn't get better and she doesn't get out Riley. You're going to wish you broke your neck when you fell off that cliff. And as she's saying this, Mona's face kind of changes. Like, she, she raises, like, her eyebrows go up. Like, oh, hello, Arya. I see you've come to play the game. Like, mm-hmm. it's like she considers Arya in a new way. Like, I see you finally joined the game, you know? But I, also, I want Mona to be like, why do we continue to play this game? We all know it's moved on to the next level. Well, I think there's that. That's a good reading. But it's also the reading of Mona being pleased because it really feels like Arya has just stepped into her, to her trap. Because mm-hmm. then we hear over the loudspeaker calling, attention. <laughs> Ari Montgomery to the principal's office. Office. Ari Montgomery to the principal's office, and Arya gives Mona this look like, "How the fuck did you do that?" It's like you fucking witch. How did you do that? Well, we we kind of brushed over a point. She tells Arya tells Mona that Spencer is in Radley. She just throws that out there. That's valuable information. She just gives it away. Uh, I'm but, assuming she she probably thinks that Mona knows. Yeah. Yeah. Still, you know. Yeah. Rookie move, Arya. Uh, but yeah, Arya Montgomery, Arya please come to the principal's office. Is a and giving instructions, telling her flunky in a coded message. Um, so in the principal's office, this scene is magical. I saw that look, Arya's just like, "You witch! How did you do that?" <laughs> Arya is like sitting in the chair across from Principal Hackett at his desk. Her Jackie O coat is off, and she's wearing a dress that looks like it's made out of the same materials, like evil venom spider-man's costume from spider-man 3 of some kind of medieval jewelry and i mean i think that jewelry i might actually have that in skyrim yeah exactly it looks like something like lord of your your castle would have your castle and would have so principal hackett wants to have a completely informal conversation this conversation i just i want to hear from anyone it applies to in our our listenership if you're an educator is this conversation not why you started teaching kids it's so informal that if you could do me a favor and not tell your parents we had it That'd be great. He's like, I'd like to speak in only the vaguest of generalities, yeah. if you don't mind. Ms. Would avoid any misunderstandings or miscommunications. And Arya's like, okay. He's and he says, uh, Ezra Fitz has applied to the district as a substitute p- teacher. If he's approved, he'll be assigned to Rosewood High at some point. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I've been made aware that you had been seeing Ezra after he left Rosewood High in a social context. And Arya has this, like, thousand-yard stare, well, you know. The the direction here is great because the for the most part this scene has been like these kind of wider shots you know mm-hmm. usually with the two of them or whatever but for this they really cut in on the close ups when they when they tighten the noose in a social context yeah well and also at one point the camera actually moves outside the office to look through the blinds at them such a fascinating shot that they yeah. they, they put that one in there yeah as well, I mean, he's like, kind of like leaning back like he he's kind of like a a Weasley looking dude he's kind of doughy. He's leaning back, like crossing his hands. He looks like he was born to be a principal at a high school. But the the director and the DP, they, they do an amazing job here of making this scene both very much about the awkwardness of these two people, but while also feeling like somebody could be spying on them at any minute. Yeah. That's not easy to do. But yeah. Um, yeah. So in a social content. And like Arya gets in this thousand yard stare and she's just like, yes. And Hackett's like, yeah, school has no interest in the personal lives of students, but under these unusual circumstances, I have to ask, are you currently seeing Ezra Fitz? Seeing him socially? So Arya pauses for a moment and summons up some of her lies. She says, no, I'm not. I saw him after he left Rosewood High. Socially. 
a few times. Um, I suppose that it might have looked like something that it wasn't, but it wasn't. There was never a question of it being anything serious. And for once, I will say, she does nail the lie as, as well as you can do for something like this. Like, she sells it. Like, like she, she's like, you know, uh, you know, I was, you know, at Three Leftwood High, I was seeing him socially, you know, of course, of course, socially, a few times. Hmm. You know, I suppose it might have looked like something it wasn't, which it wasn't. Yeah. Well, he he flinches a little, and I I think I think you're right. I think she sells it like he had. He's picked up on no obvious signs of her lie, but mm-hmm. he still doesn't believe her because he's just like, oh, I'm I'm glad you both realized that before things went too far. And she's just like, yeah, it's definitely a good thing. And Arya like she's she's selling this act to the principal <laughs> while at the same time being disgusted for having to pretend like Ezra OTP true love is anything less than magical and perfect and yeah. such a lesson. Definitely a good thing. Otherwise, it might have been a little, and he's like, awkward. And Harry's like, yes, very awkward. Like this conversation. Yeah. And he's like, oh, and, you know, apologize if I had to embarrass you. Uh, wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't ask. I mean, if you even have to ask, why do you just not well, say, like, hey, why, why don't you go ahead and just pass on that resume? Well, here's you how know? you know that a conversation is super Are they fucking that hard up for substitute teachers. Yeah, exactly. If it's this murky don't even like just round file this guy but yeah so here's how you know the conversations are awkward and weird because neither of them will like let the other have the last sentence mm-hmm. Arya's just like no i'm glad i could clear things up for you and he's he's just like and you have and then she's just like good, good. and he like stares at him with like crazy eyes yeah uh yeah smiling and staring so mm-hmm. speaking of crazy in the rally well like she room, keeps getting her like like she smiles and kind of gulps and smiles again you know it's like and he's just like, like I hope I never end up alone in a room with you again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Radley common room. Uh, Spencer's in her like bathrobe and slippers and a little like sofa chair. She's writing with a pencil. Like, would they give her a pencil? I don't know. I, about I don't that. know. Yeah, she's either writing or sketching, and then she like she's drawing a little something. notebook. She she senses the presence of a, a great power, mm-hmm. and she turns, and there's Mona Vanderwall holding a box of cookies. Holding a, a tin of cookies in her hands with a visitor's badge on, and Spencer just glares at her. And Mona Spencer. says, "Small world, isn't it?" Spencer looks like she could spit acid in Mona's face right now. <laughs> she probably could. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, on Main Street, Rosewood, Ashley and Ted are walking down the street with some coffee in their hands. Ted is. I I assure you, there is no liquid in those coffee cups. Ted is wearing the kind of pullover that you can probably definitely buy at Target or I guess Macy's, since that's uh, like the. Uh... Like one of those uh, kind of quasi like outdoors stores, maybe. Yeah, with like a useless button at the top, whatever. Yeah, Ashley's explaining. Chalet. There you go. Mm-hmm. While she's going to New York, and you know whatever they want to call, it, it's basically an assessment to see if she could do the job before getting promoted. She's sorry to cancel whatever the fuck she's canceling with him, but the bank only does this twice a year, and he he says it's it's okay, it's important after all. And she says, well, she'll only be gone a f- couple of days this time. Yeah, this time. Well, if you get the promotion, she's going to be going to New York and New York City, taking Hannah with her. And Ted's just like, uh, you know, so, you know, Wendy would she have to go if they offer it? And she's like, uh, it, it has to be a decision has to be made pretty quickly. And he says, uh, you're going to miss the great unveiling. I presume he means the new bell tower. Yeah, and she's like, great. I could come back for that. And Ted, oh, such a dick, like yeah. asshole thing to say. He says, well. I should wish you luck, but I don't think I can right now. Wouldn't feel honest. I like seeing you right here. Which, uh, Ted, you know, yeah. all you need to say is, well, I wish you luck, you know? 
Don't well, be a dick. She's like, I like seeing you too. Um, mm-hmm. So he looks no, over. No, you don't, Ashley. You like seeing wine. That's who you like seeing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she maybe likes to see Ted's face reflected through the wine glass. Yeah. He looks over across the street at the police station. He says, if there were some other reason for you leaving besides the promotion, would you tell me about it? And she assures him that this is the only reason. He says, if, you know, he'd like yeah. to try to help her. Will if you tell me? To, yeah. Yeah. Maybe I could do something about it. I'd like to try if you want me to. And, and she's so like, she's, there's yeah, nothing she's, you have to worry about. Well, Step she's off, not Ted. sure what to say. Of her. Well, I think part of her is thinking, like, maybe Ted's a decent guy. And maybe she feels worse for lying to this decent guy. But I feel like she's also thinking, like, look, Wilden's a complete fucking cocksucker. But he would crush you, Ted. Like, have you seen his abs? Yeah. Well, yeah, poor Ashley, though. She's got, like, this, like psychotic cop dildo on one side mm-hmm. this like pastor dildo on the other side it's it's a bad time to be ashley and her wine and holes um but he kind of gives her this look just like shit i know you're lying to me and they kind of mm-hmm. just you know again like the the marin storylines in this this arc of episodes just kind of like there's like an ending shot where it just like watches these characters in their setting like yeah I know, brought down by the drama. Um, so cut back again to the Rally Coleman room where Mona's sitting across uh, from Spencer on a couch. She looks so sweet and is offering <laughs> Spencer some of her cookies. Holds out the cookie tin. You know, you sure you don't want one? And Spencer just has like hate eyes. And she's like, no, thank you. With everything that Mona is so effortlessly awesome at, don't you just know that her cookies are probably goddamn amazing? Absolutely. They probably also have like some sort of like sedative in it. Yeah. knock you out but yeah. you know what or, or microchip yeah that'll track yeah. you uh oh. so uh mona says i brought them for sybil she was my favorite nurse of course the nurse is named sybil that's that's such yeah. a pll writerly reference there yeah yeah uh, and she said you know this nurse is very kind it's and she, i love the way she says this. she says it's important to reward kindness and she kind of smirks a little and she's like i'll bet you were surprised to see me and Spencer says, you're taking a big risk being here, talking to me. And Mona says, I'm just visiting a friend. I like how she considers herself a friend of Spencer's. Spencer leans in more feral and ferocious. And she's just like, why did you kill Toby? What did that get you? Well, and Mona just stares at her. And I almost feel like Mona is, she's always like disappointed when Spencer won't do wordplay with her. Yeah. She's like, Spencer, we're having like an awesome like supervillain conversation right now. Yeah, why do you have yeah. to be so direct about it? Exactly. Like, why can't we just like speak in riddles and, and subtext? Yeah. Uh, and so she's like, that's an interesting question. If it were true, if I killed him, why would I want to talk to you? And Spencer starts kind of, she's like shaking her head a little, like she's like not accepting this. And Mona like shakes her head too. And she's like, no. Look at all that's happened since you turned me down on our little drive up the mountain. All the pain and disappointment and loss because you're, you were stubborn. But I believe in second chances. I'm a generous person. <laughs> <laughs> I love this whole scene, by the way. This scene is epic. It might be my favorite in this entire season. Well, so Spencer's like, no, you're not. You wouldn't be here if you didn't need something. And whatever it is, the answer is... But she never gets to finish the word no, because Mona cuts her off with, Allie was never pregnant. This is as Spencer's getting up. And I like Spencer. That's very smart of Spencer to immediately recognize, like, you want something, Mona. You know, like, I, I see through your, your game trying to rile me. It's not just that, though. I think it starts off with that where Spencer does. She's very strong. But I think as this scene progresses, Spencer realizes how vulnerable she is. 
Mm-hmm. Like she has to get away from Mona in these increments because I think she knows she's susceptible. Yeah. Cause Mona or Spencer kind of gives up cause Mona is like, Allie was never pregnant. And she shoots this like very like innocent puppy, puppy dog. eye look to Spencer. She says, it's like, mm, I just, just happened to know that, you know, little old me, Mona. Well, I think she's, she's also like, yeah, I knew that would stop you literally dead in mm-hmm. your tracks. Yeah, and so uh, Mona says she thought she was. She panicked, but it was a false alarm. And Spencer looks back. She's like, "You had no, you know, there's no way you can be sure of that." And Mona says, "Allie told me, I have her diaries. You know, that's you know." And she says, "Remember?" And she's like, "I don't have all of them, but I have most of them. And I know where the rest are." It's a very interesting statement. So she reaches in her bag. She pulls out her tablet, and she kind of swipes through. And we see that she has basically the scanned pages from Allie's diary. Yeah, showing Spencer, her on her iPad there. Spencer like reaches for the tablet, and Mona pulls it back. Like, it's not an iPad. Don't call it a tablet. Yeah, psych. Um, and Mona's like, I have the answers, Spencer. I have the answers to questions you haven't even thought of. And basically, the devil is coming to Spencer here, <laughs> offering something, and the price is merely her soul. Yeah, the devil's coming to Miss Foster. Uh, and Spencer turns away, and she's just like, leave me alone. You know, cause she, she knows what's being offered and she retreats over to the piano bench and she kind of puts her head down, like leans in on the piano and Mona, Mona gets up from the couch and comes over to her and Mona she says, is the snake in the garden here offering the fruit of knowledge. Oh, I love Mona so much. She says, you have all these bits and pieces. You're trying to put together a jigsaw puzzle, but you've never seen the picture on the front of the box. And she like laughs a little and she's like, you need me. Otherwise you'll never really know anything for sure. Spencer says, go away before I start choking you again. Mona, I've got nothing left to lose. But see, she, they already think I'm crazy. She's like lashing out here because I think she knows how vulnerable she is. Mm-hmm. Like this is her last ditch effort to maybe scare Mona away before Mona basically goes in for the kill. <laughs> Which she does because she gives a very sympathetic look to that. They already think I'm crazy line. Mm-hmm. And she says, you're not crazy. You're as sane as I am. Yeah. <laughs> Which might be my favorite line in the whole show. So then it's like, I feel like Spencer thought that, you know, while she's obviously on this precipice of like this pit of despair, mm. I think she at least thought that she had her like claws into the sides, the walls, you know, she was, she wasn't like letting go. But then I think she realized that, oh no, she's just falling. Yeah. <laughs> so outside Mona's, house, Mona's I, amazing. Yeah. Completely well, the other thing too is when Mona gets up from the couch to go join Spencer at the piano there. She does this kind of thing where she like straightens her skirt and kind of like looks around like he 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 keeping up appearances. This is a normal mm. conversation. She's so perfect. Yeah. Um. So outside Emily's house at night, Ashley's you know there uh, just dropped Hannah off and all of her luggage. She's closing the trunk in her car. She's you know, saying that she's on her way. She's left her contact info of Pam. You She'll know, call tells- as soon as she gets to the hotel. Yeah. You know, Hannah's like, don't worry. So Ashley gets in the car. Emily, like, suddenly notices, like, the shitload of, like, multiple bags that Hannah's packed. And she yeah. says, geez, did you pack enough for three days? And Hannah, completely not getting it, is like, if I forgot something, I can always go back. Yeah. <laughs> so, then they look down the street, and they see that Wilton has pulled up in his car. She's well, it's, like, immediately after Ashley drives off. Yeah, yeah. And he's parking basically somewhat in front of Toby Jenna's house, like, in between that house and Emily's. Um Hannah wants to go confront Wilden, and Emily's like, you don't need to do that, but Hannah's pissed. And she says, you know what, Emily? Sometimes you poke the bear, and sometimes the bear pokes you. And Emily just kind of stares blankly, and Hannah says, it's from a movie. Yeah, so Hannah marches over to Wilden, and he comes up to her very calmly. 
Um, and he, she's like, hello. And he's like, hello. And she says, are you following me, me and my mom? And Wilden says, well, why would I do that? And she says, I'm just wondering if you are. And Wilden's like, no, I'm not following you. So Hannah says, okay, then go away. And he's like, I went away. <laughs> and she's like, right, you went fishing. And he smiles and says, that's right. He is so much now I'm more, back. Yeah. He's so much more relaxed than his last encounters with the Marin girls. It's almost oh, like, oh yeah, because he only has now. to face off against a teenage girl this time. But it's like, it's like he thinks that he's like sparring finally with like an equal competitor, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and Willen's like, and now I'm back. And while I was away, I did some thinking. You and me and your mother, it's complicated. That's I don't just think gross, Wilden. Yeah, yeah. I don't think any of us could be complete, have, haven't have to be completely honest with each other about things. And I feel like the Hannah storylines like so thoroughly own the phrase. It's complicated. <laughs> and it says, honesty is tough. And Wilden says, uh, you can make it easier on everybody. The car. Just give me the keys and tell me where you left it. That's all you need to do. All I want from you and your mother is that car. Which just really makes you think like, so, okay, Wilden, whose body was in the trunk of that car that you yeah. need to get back? But also, you're welcome, folks. That was basically a scene of PLL written by David Mamet. Yeah. Um, yeah, really, that whole scene was, was very weird still to dialogue like that. Yeah. Yeah. So meanwhile, at Radley, Radley at night, we're in a group therapy session. This is... Oh, boy. This scene is one of my top five favorites of the show of all time. I mean, this is going to be hard for us because, I mean, we're basically repeating like dialogue verbatim. Um, yeah, there's no way to do it. Uh, do you have the full monologue? I don't have the full thing. I'm, I'm sad I, to say. I do have the full thing. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I got it from the internet. I can't claim to have transcribed it. Good. Uh, so Spencer's in her bathrobe. She's talking to Dr. Sullivan, who's taking some notes. And there are some other girls, you know, other other ladies of the uh, the mental that- duress there. That short-haired redhead chick sitting next to Spencer, she looks like she has some real fucking problems. She looks... She reminds me... She doesn't necessarily look like this, but she reminds me a little of Allison Pill in uh, Scott Pilgrim. She has that kind of like weird um, like uh, Fraggle Rock hair. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, but yeah. she just looks like she's fucking demented. Yeah. So, uh, did you at least get the reactions to some of this? I don't know. I'll, I'll just plow in and you can jump in when you want to okay. interject. Uh, I, I obviously I'm I'm not going to even approach the correct delivery of this. So as Ari would say, obviously, 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 what's that supposed to mean? <laughs> Spencer says, I knew who I was when they found me and I knew my family and friends would be worried. I just wanted to fold up and stop and I didn't want to think anymore. And Dr. Sullivan says, you were overwhelmed. And she says, yeah, well, I wasn't Spencer Hastings for almost a full day. And nobody showed up to take the job, so I guess I'm stuck with it. It's just such a weird thing for like Spencer is really like she's all in on like you know deconstructing her own identity. She's forge a new one because her old one failed her. But there's such like a like a wounded uh, like I don't know isolated coolness about her in this. But like a like, like a wise beyond her years. Yeah, it's like for a vibe at there, the same time. Troy and Belisario became James Dean because she's just like no one showed up to take a job, so. I guess I'm stuck with it. Yeah, and Dr. Sullivan says, because you're the only person in the world that can be you. And Spencer has this like, like wonderful like smile. She's just like, you don't have to rub it in. Nailed it. And then she looks at uh, like the, the weird frog, Fraggle Rock chick next to her, and she's like, I'm sorry, this can't be very entertaining. 
there are people here with real problems. And she like looks at that chick again. And Dr. Sullivan's like, just like you. And Spencer looks at this chick again, like, this bitch and I do not have the same problems. Yeah, she says, yeah, just like me. And then she gets real. She says, I um, I fell down in the woods when I was running. I fell down, and I looked at the ground, and I saw my hand and my sleeve and a little button on my sleeve and some dirt and an old acorn. And I said to myself, okay, if this is the last thing you ever see, I can handle that. I'm done. I've had enough. But it wasn't the last thing I saw. I just kept going. How do you become, how do you keep going when the worst thing has, has happened? You know, what do you do to change inside to survive? Who do you have to become? I'm sorry. I don't expect you guys to understand. You don't know me. Well, so, but so during this, like, there's a lot of establishing shots of the other patients in this, mm-hmm. this tight circle. Like, we're really, setting up the idea of this group, its size and its shape. And some of them are looking here like, like fuck, this chick is fucked up. Well, um, to, just to kind of analyze this dialogue, she's kind of like, like Spencer Hastings, you know, can't stop, won't stop. Like she doesn't know how to stop. Like she, she reached her breaking point and just kept going anyways. Mm-hmm. You know, like her mind broke, but her will didn't. Well, in Dr. Sullivan wasn't necessarily inaccurate before that. Spencer Hastings went into the woods that night, confronted mm-hmm. death, and something came out of the woods that looks like Spencer. But as Spencer's probably seriously hoping that it's not her. That this thing that looks like her wears yeah. her body as her shell. What do you have to become to survive? Yeah. Yeah, after what she's faced, like she's kind of almost afraid of what she's becoming. So then when the uh, show becomes magical and wonderful like she looks up to where dr sullivan was with a well this is after she, side of her after she said i don't expect you guys to understand you don't know me yeah. yeah and she looks up and suddenly it's not dr sullivan and the other chicks it's the liars emily aria and hannah aria is sitting where dr sullivan was and they're, they're wearing the outfits from the last time spencer saw them the last episode yeah very clever continuity well, and they're, they're, they're sitting there in those chairs, watching her silently, not really reacting. This is truly the high point or low point, if you want, of the Dark Spencer saga. I mean... Yeah, in an adrenalized hyper-reality, the liars are judging Spencer here. She confesses to them. But the the show, like the amazing piece of storytelling, going to the places you never expect, and basically, in this particular case, offering you like a new map of hell and like reporting back from those dark places. Spencer um, says, I'm sorry, but that's true. You don't know me. I'm sorry. You don't know who I am anymore, and you can't count on me. Mm-hmm. And she's like crying, like free flowing tears as she says this. But she's, you know, she's crying, but it's just like she's not even. It's, she doesn't even notice it, and the tears are just flowing. Well, and again, as the motif of this episode, like as they keep moving in on a successive like close up of Spencer's face, especially when the tears start, then they cut to close ups of the three liars, the mm-hmm. imagined liars here. Well, and Spencer delivers that line, her face looks like monstrous and feral, you yeah. know, but also you don't know who I am anymore and you can't count on me. Yeah. Yeah. So she, she looks down, she takes a breath, realizing what she's done or realizing what she's just become of herself. And she basically lifts her head a new person. Like Spencer Hastings is gone. And like from now on, she's Darth Vader. Yeah. Well, she looks back up and now it's therapy Ann and the other patients again. And it's almost like you can see her eyes. She starts to wonder if she's losing it. Well, the look on their faces is completely stone-faced. Like, what did they mm. actually see or hear? Did she say this out loud? Yeah. it's There's, like, a, a questioning in her eyes. Like, wow. You know, what What just happened there? She's hallucinating, talking to the liars, telling them they can't trust her anymore. 
Yeah. So then we get the A tag. I love this show. Yeah, the show's fantastic. Well, you know, a lot of sometimes people give shit on this show because it's like that would never happen, or you know, like why don't they just go to the cops? And it's like you're so watching the show the wrong way if that's what your concern is. Yeah, you know, if, if that's going to prevent you from enjoying the like psychological madness that is Spencer Hastings, then I feel sorry for you, son. Well, I mean, if you if you're worrying about them not going to the cops, but you're okay with like whatever Arya's wearing in that particular episode, <laughs> like you don't get the paradox that is this beautiful show. So in the A layer of the A tag, we're looking at the same like stalker photos everywhere per usual. A is working on a laptop. Um, a is looking up uh, on, on website page. The Scuro Carnival mm-hmm. is one of the website pages that's open. And then also in the background, we can see something about Faust. Yeah. Uh, uh, some Russian dude is putting on a world famous puppet show version of Faust. We will talk about that next episode because so that's hilarious. The, yeah. So A closes <laughs> that is, the laptop. That is like only PLL could do that with a straight face. It, it gets even crazier than that. Yeah. A closes yeah. the laptop, gets up, opens a curtain there in the lair, and we see that a, the A lair is in an RV. Yeah. The curtains open up to the driver's seat and passenger seat. At the cockpit of the RV there. I like yeah. how even in the uh, in the RV driver's seat, there's like like a freaky ass doll. You know, with there's like a part shit of, ton of weird part shit. of its head missing, and there's like an Pictures Allison, Allison. picture. Yeah, yeah. A gets behind the wheel and starts this big fucker up. And like, I just want to point out, like, there's even like weird shit, like where the the gas mileage would be, <laughs> where you know, like the speedometer is. Yeah. I mean, like when Toby helps Mona set up these air layers, is he just like, do we need all this fucking crazy yeah. A shit? I kind of need to know like when to shift, but eh, <laughs> whatever. Uh, and we see a a search driving this RV away, and this is definitely like. It looks like it might be like Emily Street. That's kind of what it looks like. A little bit, yeah. It's, it yeah. seems like it's more of a residential neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's just say for the sake of the fact that they filmed that scene of Hannah and Wilden and Emily, that, you know, for the sake of budgetary reasons, it is Emily Street. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's basically like, here we go, folks. We are full tilt madness yeah. on our way to the end of this season of this The penultimate line. episode is coming up next. That was the end of Will the Circle Be Unbroken? Uh, what a wonderful episode! Spencer Mona confrontations are always aces. Yeah. Spencer gets a crazy monologue where you like you realize like whoa shit she's actually like hallucinating talking to the liars she she yeah she's bonkers yeah and and you could not be more enthralled. Mm-hmm. All Spencer's right, so, going to a, a very dark place. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the next one is called "I'm Your Puppet." I'm your puppet. I know I say this a lot, but uh, this next episode might be my favorite, or it's definitely in my top five. Hmm. I love this next episode. It's a good one. We're looking forward mm-hmm. to talking about it. Yeah, we will talk about that next time. Oh, just want to say real good, quick, uh, thanks again to Ashley for commenting, talking to us about Pennsylvania and its strange madness that somehow perfectly fits Rosewood and thanks for Thanks for filling us in on the uh, statutory... Uh, ins and outs uh amanda sorry not ashley um it's a it's good to know what the age of consent laws are mm. always helps uh if you want to leave us a comment like amanda has you can go to bros or i'm sorry go to time travel murder mystery.com slash pll mm. uh we are on the twitter i am at benjamin underscore light I'm just Marco Sparks. At Marco Sparks. Um, or if you'd like, you can head on over to iTunes and give us a rating or a review. I 
think that may possibly affect the ratings. I really don't know. Uh, I hear other podcasts say to do that because it affects the ratings, so I'll just go ahead and say it too. Honestly, I'm just satisfied with being the best. Indeed. Uh, Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next time to talk about I'm Your Puppet. See you then. Bye-bye. Thank you.